0: Just go to indeed.com/slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're playing with Rotoviz Best Ball Tools on RotoViz Radio. What's up, RotoViz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners here at Rotoviz. Curtis could not be here as we record on Thursday evening. So this will be a podcast that I am doing solo, but that is fine. I'm feeling good about it because I have spent today playing with the new underdog best ball tools that recently published on the website gearing up for the hundreds upon hundreds of drafts that I plan on doing between now and the start of the season. Uh, I would like to get, it's going to be at least 300. Um, I'm targeting maybe around like 400. Now I have a strategy, um, for, not necessarily making every single pick. Um, And this isn't like my, my way of doing this uh, without needing to make the picks doesn't require anything advanced. It just requires like going in and occasionally playing around with your pre-populated rankings. um, So that you get your different exposures that you want to players. And I will explain this in the future, um, but today I was really just kind of reviewing how things shook out last year, looking at some stack information, looking at some roster construction based things. And I wanted to share some of those, uh, some of those findings. So let's just uh, start taking a look. One of the questions that you get asked very commonly When you meet people and people learn that you have some background in fantasy sports, you very often get the question of what's the best spot to pick from. And it really depends on the year, but every year I will get this question a couple of times and we can retrospectively now go back and look at what that would have been last year by looking in this uh positional heat map tab positional heat map tab that we have in the underdog advance rate explorer now why is this tool called the advance rate explorer uh it's because with the way underdog tournaments work you advance round by round so we're looking at how teams advance and what allows them to go from round to round to round last year the best spots to be drafting from actually were team 9 through team 12 with the strongest performances being teams 11 and team 12 uh a fun thing that you can do here is you can retroactively go back and you can look at the ADP and you'll see why uh there was a collection of about six or so players that were going around the 12 spot um Devonte Adams had an ADP of eleven point one, Diggs eleven point one, Cam Akers eleven point one, Jonathan Taylor eleven point eight, and Austin Eckler at twelve. So I think what you're seeing reflected by this is a lot of teams got Jonathan Taylor in with with a pick there, or if they didn't, they got a player like Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs, uh, or Austin Eckler perhaps players that did not flame out in the fashion that you would have seen for somebody like Christian McCaffrey, um, who only had 10.4% of his teams reaching the playoffs. Um, you know, whereas you had like Devonte Adams, 21.6% of his teams, 43% of teams with JT 29.4 with Eckler, Uh, and then even like so Travis Kelsey only 13% of his teams hit the playoffs. Zeke Elliott, who actually went ahead of him with an ADP of 6.3 just 13% of his teams. Derrick Henry uh who had an ADP of 3.9 14% of his teams hit the playoffs. Um we do see that team 3 uh had around 17%. So it's probably due to the, some of the the Henry or some of those teams having Derrick Henry. Um, so that's an interesting exercise. Uh, who are the players that we need to avoid this year? We don't know that yet. Uh, I don't really have an, a, a prediction or a proclivity for any particular spot this year. I think that ADP is still settling out, uh, but it's pretty, pretty interesting to look at these numbers. Now, the other thing you can do in this positional heat map here is you can look at at really specific things. So you can look in a grid that's going to show teams horizontally draft round vertically when a team selected their first wide receiver, and you can look at their advance rate in the playoffs. And uh, I'm not going to go over the results of these, because you really just have to look at this visually. It'd be very hard for me to convey these results um, on a podcast, but it's definitely something worth checking out. If you subscribe to the site and you haven't looked at it and you haven't looked at this yet, it's really cool. You could get lost in this for a long time. So you definitely want to go and check that out. I can't even really do it justice by trying to explain it, but it it is very cool and very much worth a visit. Uh, Another cool thing that we have built in here um is something that looks at upside stacks and safest stacks um and you can kind of see a variety of configurations here of how you could put your teams together um by looking at the position on the team that you're stacking for example like a QB1 RB2 and the wide receiver 3 uh, or just to make it really simple If you were looking at the Chiefs last year and you wanted to stack the quarterback, wide receiver and tight end, QB one would be Mahomes, a QB or sorry, wide receiver one would have been Tyreek Hill and a tight end one would have been Travis Kelsey. I'm pretty sure everybody listening is familiar with the concept of a stack, Uh, but just in case you're not in DFS and best ball or really in any type of league, when we're talking about a stack, it's getting multiple players that play on the same NFL team and putting them together. Now, last year, the stack that had the highest number of teams advancing to the finals, which we are calling the highest upside type of stack, had its teams QB1, RB2, and wide receiver two. And that actually produced the best result by a decent margin. Uh, now, the safest stack we're looking at number of teams that made the playoffs, but you will see that it's pretty flat in that region. So there doesn't really appear to be a certain stack that's better at getting teams to the playoffs. And the thing though, that you do need to keep in mind with some of these is there's going to be small samples, but in the case of um, the upside stacks, we actually have large enough samples that you can kind of draw a meaningful conclusion from last year. It doesn't mean that it's going to be predictive. We don't have the data going back far enough to start to understand things that might be sticky, meaning that they correlate year over year and they tend to happen uh, repeatedly, and you're able to use them to better predict what might happen in the next year. We don't have enough information going back to look at that, but nonetheless, um, you know you can start to as you as you view these things and play around get a better sense of different ways you could put your teams together now there is also a really cool thing in here um which again doesn't make for good radio or good podcasting but you should check out there's a stack explorer where you can come up with different types of stacks and um look at the scoring distributions of teams that employed those stacks last year. So that's kind of some quick hitters on the, um, underdog advance rate Explorer, which is pretty cool. I also want to pop into the underdog best ball roster construction Explorer here. Uh, I'm going to pick some low hanging fruit. I'm going to save some of the real juicy nuggets. I can't believe that. I just said that phrase. Um, but I did. I'm going to leave some of those juicy hot taking nuggets for the articles. Um, but very common question that you're going to get when you start talking about best ball and in, uh, any particular format that you're in is how many players you want to play at each position. Uh, and one of the key focuses now an underdog, You don't have DST and you have kickers. So you just have quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end. Those are the, those are the spots that you're going to have on your team, or those are the type of players that you're going to be drafting on to your team. So no surprise, you're going to want to draft more running backs and wide receivers than quarterbacks and tight ends. But the question generally is, do you draft uh two tight ends or three tight ends uh and there's an interesting kind of flip here you can see that last year um 18% of teams that drafted three tight ends made the playoffs and actually four tight ends was better than two tight ends uh you did not want to go for five or one those had those had very weak rates but in terms of actually making it to the finals the teams that had two tight ends had the highest percentage, and actually teams that had one tight end had the highest percentage. But this really shouldn't be surprising. Now, there's very few teams um, that probably fit into that one tight end configuration. But the reason that I think we're seeing higher numbers for those finals teams is because they just happened to pick that right tight end, right? So if we go back and we look at the Um, summary table in the underdog advanced rate explorer. And we just look at tight ends. We're going to see that those teams probably went with Mark Andrews, those one or two tight end teams. They managed to stack things right. Or maybe they went uh, like Mark Andrews and um, like Harrison Bryant actually Um, his teams in the finals did pretty well. So there's some luck there, especially because with the way that these tournaments work, you're going to be winning them based upon one week. Uh, The start of the season gets you into the playoffs, but then you're going on a weekly basis from there. So there's going to be some noise, in my opinion, when you start looking and drawing conclusions off of how teams got to the finals. Personally, When I'm thinking about my teams this year and the way that I'm going to build them, I am going to have things distributed so that more of my teams are making it to the playoffs um, than just trying to structure it on the things that seemed to work last year to get into the finals. Because I don't think that there's enough information to draw any solid conclusions, um, at least for underdog, based upon what we saw last year. But it's interesting um, to see that four actually, um, from a making playoff perspective, outperformed two. Now, on the quarterback
0: front, let me quickly pop over to that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: and this is something we've talked about before. It's two quarterbacks um, by and large. So if you are playing underdog, you're going to want to have the overwhelming majority of your teams with two quarterbacks. Um, the reason for this, I think, comes down to a couple of things. Um, one, it's hard to find court. There's only so many quarterbacks that on a weekly basis, are going to be contributing to any teams um, because of the way that quarterback scoring works um, and the number of quarterbacks that get used each week. Right. Whereas like tight ends, you could have guys that are outside of the top, Um, even guys that aren't starters on their team, occasionally having a week where they're putting up a lot of points. That doesn't really happen with quarterback. Um, So you're kind of almost capped with just about two quarterbacks per team. Um, that are going to be useful. I guess you could have three. Um, but I, I think it's probably intuitive, so we don't need to explore that anymore. So you definitely want to have two quarterbacks on the majority of your teams. Now, the other thing that you can look at in these tools is when you are selecting your wide receiver two or your QB two or your, you know, tight end one. When, the, when when should you be doing those? Or when should you be making those selections? So I have talked um, last season about how one of the things that I had noticed was that having strong quarterbacks, or the teams that I had that were performing well and were advancing had good quarterbacks. So one thing I was curious about was looking at if that actually did seem to manifest in the... Uh, percentage of teams that made the playoffs. And you actually do see this. One really interesting thing is among teams that took their QB two before round eight. So that means you'd be selecting two quarterbacks in your first seven picks, um, among teams that did that. And then did not draft any more quarterbacks. 19.5% of those teams made the playoffs. Um, and actually, 0.16% 0.16% which is a pretty high number made the finals and then from playing around with the tool more there I actually can tell you that you do see a decline as you start to push that QB2 selection back now it kind of flatlines lines um, in the middle rounds but yeah that's a super interesting result now one of the other things that I wanted to look at here was percentage of teams making the playoffs that took their RB two before round five. So having their in rounds one through four, selecting two running backs, the best playoff percentage came from teams of teams that did that the highest uh, percentage for the playoffs. Those teams then took five running backs. That's at 17.5. But if we look at, um, Running back two selected after round five, you see the rates start getting better uh, and actually jump up to around 20% if you take eight running backs. But if we push running back two after round eight, so when you're definitely out of that running back dead zone, um, that's when you start to see the rates get up into the 22% with seven or eight backs, um, which is a cool result because it speaks to this running back dead zone that we've talked a lot at the site about. Um, and this is something that's been intuitive for a number of years. One exercise that I used to do at the end of every off season was just kind of explore ADP within each position and where you started to see big fall offs and scoring. And what we did see pretty much year over year was you reached a certain point generally around like round three where the running backs being selected just weren't having a very large return this stemmed from the fact that there generally are a couple of running backs at the top of the boards that are going to put up a ton of points not many others that are going to be able to equate to that and that it's hard to pick those guys in each year especially because what we find sometimes is that those big scores come much later in the draft so you're again just kind of seeing this concept reflected so one of the cool things about these tools is assumptions um, intuitions uh takeaways that you've had from prior seasons you can get that data that's going to back them up uh what were some other things i saw that i thought were worth noting let me look at my notes here oh yeah i was looking at if you can wait on wide receiver uh, and the answer is you really can't. So like teams that took their wide receiver two after round eight, the highest percentage of playoff making teams then took seven wide receiver took 10 wide receivers. And even that it was only at 15.1%. Um, if you push back to like your wide receiver two, actually it's not even worth looking at that. Let's look though. Even wide receiver two after round six um, your highest win rate is around 14%. So waiting on wide receiver, not going strong at the position on underdog is a proposition that really did not work out last year. Uh, bad win rates. Even if you're looking after round five, even if we use after round three, you have to get down to around round three to start getting into the 17% type of range. Um, so there's not a lot of validity for waiting for your wide receiver too. So if you were to try to pick one of those structural little approaches where you're kind of punting and waiting on a position, we do see the confirmation that running back is the position that you would want to wait on out of wide receiver and running back. But we did talk some about quarterback and tight end. So we probably should go back now and see how far you could wait we might have already addressed this with quarterback, but let's quickly pop back in and take a look at that. So without going through all of the different pieces, I can tell you that at least last year, you did really not want to creep much past round eight without having your first quarterback selected. Given that this information is now out there, you're definitely not going to be able to do that in 2022 because we're going to see the ADP of quarterbacks remaining pretty strong in these tournaments so i think that's a key takeaway but if we pivot over to tight end and for example we look at drafting your tight end one after Let me just set this up here so like taking your tight end one after round 14 for example um we actually do see that if you take three tight ends and your first tight end comes after round 14, you can get into a 20% playoff rate, um, which is pretty darn strong. Even if we push that back to going after round 15, you're still at 18% for three team uh, for teams with three tight ends. So you definitely can start to take that approach, uh, looking at tight end. If we kind of flip this on its head and we do tight end two before, let's say, round 12 do we see aggressive win rates no those win rates that were i shouldn't say win rates playoff rates are lower tight end two before round 12 to, even with 14 you're at 15 uh, even with two you're at 14.5 if i move this to round 14 you do see teams with three tight ends getting up into the 17 percent range but my takeaway there is that um a nice way to kind of structure your team is prioritizing quarterback and wide receiver over running back and tight end. Now we're really just scratching the surface here of what you can dig into when you start looking at these tools. Um, but I think they're in, I think that these numbers are interesting. Um, it helps to put some of the context around how last year impacted different things that we saw. But I also think that these takeaways are not only applicable to underdog in specific or to best ball leagues in specific. I think some of these things do help us shape our opinion of the things that are going to be important in redraft leagues, to some extent, dynasty leagues. But, you know, I've, I've been saying it and Sean has been noticing it. Curtis has been noticing it. Uh, The last couple of seasons, it is starting to be more important to have those high level quarterbacks. And I hate to beat a dead horse here, but now you're really seeing it in the data. Uh, And that's something that we were noticing in redraft leagues. So again, I'm bringing that up just to talk about the applicability of some of the lessons that you can learn from looking at best ball leagues and then applying them into redraft leagues. So just kind of a quick hitter episode here. Uh, with some, in my opinion, pretty interesting takeaways from last year. But uh, again, if you subscribe to RotoViz, which you definitely should be, definitely pop in there. Play around with those tools. Even if you're not a best ball player, it's just uh, some really, really interesting stuff there. Curtis and I had been planning on drafting. An underdog team, and then kind of recording an episode after we were maybe eight rounds in, kind of talk about some of the decision points that we made, players that we thought about. We thought it might be a fun way to work in some more player specific analysis, just kind of talk about them as we made our selections. We're still planning on doing that next week. So that will be one of the episodes. As always, thanks for hanging out with us this week. Have a great weekend. And I don't ask you for much. We don't ask you for much. But it's on the top of my mind right now. If you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Take like five, seven minutes this weekend. Maybe you don't even need that long and do that, please. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the roto Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.